0: Welcome to A Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Things. We're back, man. Episode 177. Yes, sir. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Um, before we get into it, me and Keith had a very unconventional uh, way we started the podcast. We started the podcast by chasing a fucking lizard they got in the studio. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the lizard's moving around. Like, like Keith was looking for something. And then he was like, yo, it's a lizard in here. I was trying <laughs> to get the tripod for the camera. And it was just
1: like... It was just... That's the thing with these older buildings. You don't know what be living in here. Yeah. And the crazy part is I seen a lizard, like, similar to that in the elevator once, but it was just chilling in the corner, minding his business, but...
0: Was that a lizard or a gecko?
1: It's a lizard? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know. And... Phibianologists Yeah Cause it, it was a gecko Cause as it was running away It was like
0: Insurance I can save you can Save you money on insurance
1: <laughs> But that, that's not even a cra- Like people pro- I think we talked about it before But it was a bat A dead bat
0: That was in, in the office Yeah Yeah so we, we had a dead bat in here And now a fucking lizard Or a gecko Yeah It's like yo Like I felt like Steve Irwin in this motherfucker I was like <laughs> Crikey We got a little lizard in here <laughs> We got a little friend Coming in the studio <laughs> Right now I'm in a Bakersfield, California And we're trying to get a lizard out of here He's a very good little He's a squirmy little fella Squirmy little fella They, they slang <laughs> They're so hilarious was oh, funny, man. Rest in peace Steve Irwin Oh for sure man Yeah. Alright Um this, is, this next thing is a very unfortunate circumstance mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really fucked up and I need all the listeners to just listen very carefully and you need to be careful about how you move in the world. Recently a, a co-worker of mine um, this motherfucker just killed his wife and a neighbor um and it, and I, I, I just was in disbelief that this shit really happened. Yeah, um, But it just gives you an idea that you are surrounded by people who could be sociopaths or just very dangerous people on a daily basis. And you don't know what these people are capable of. Yeah. You yeah. have no idea. I, I would see this guy daily at the yard, <coughs> um, see if he needed any help. He was always like, oh, man, I'm good, man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Just very cordial. But at the same time, this dude is beating on his woman and then ultimately kills her. Fuck, it's fucking crazy. What's more eerie is the dude ended up getting a truck and the truck is still at the yard. Yeah, <laughs> This motherfucker is a, a straight up murderer. Yeah. And the only reason why I could even talk about it now is because it's public knowledge. I'm still not going to use no names out of respect for the victims. I don't give a fuck about him. Right. Yeah. But it's just crazy, man. It's crazy, and the dude got out of prison less than a year ago and talked about how yeah, I want to do this with my life, and I'm trying to do this, and you know this, that, and the third, and you know, you know, you know. It seemed to be moving in the right direction. He's seen a truck. Yeah, he got a truck. He's doing. He's working, and then and then this. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Me and Keith talked about it a long time ago. Like when you go into Target, you just think like, yeah, I'm in Target shopping. It's somebody in Target that that's kills a, somebody,
1: straight murderer walking through Target.
0: It's somebody in Target that's a sociopath. You need to be careful with who you flip off in traffic. Be careful with who you talk loud and get crazy with because people are crazy. Yeah, they are crazy. Yeah, I think I think the
1: the the biggest takeaway I had, and it's unfortunate the girl the girl that passed away um, or she got. The woman that got shot. She was my age. I, I didn't. I was. I didn't know her personally, but you know, it's Bakersfield, so you kind of know people by way of being at functions and you know, sports and stuff like that. But um, it's the, the thing that I see, and I and I see it with people on all different scales. Um, I think that we as uh, people are not mindful of the type of energy we're bringing in. Uh, to our relationships and the type of people we're, um, you know, courting or even right. being married, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. Like, <clears throat> I genuinely think now that we need to have um, some sort of, like, mental health aspect to our our, our dating yes. life. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how they can implement it on Tinder or whatever, and I don't even know if it needs to get that far, but like, it'd be people that You know, we have probably um, talked to, went on dates with, met for drinks or whatever the case may be, and they really like that type of person—a sociopath, a psychopath, whatever, whatever the case may be—and you don't even know that because um, Eddie, you talked about it before, as far as like all this stuff is situational. So a lot of stuff we don't even know how people are going to react until they're until they're put into these situations. But I think, like you know, on a small scale, I know people um, that would have dudes or boyfriends that they talk to, they got whole other relationships, whole other yeah. kids and, uh, you know, uh, two or three girlfriends at the same time. Yeah. Um, dudes that lie about, you know, they, uh romantic life as far as, like, having, like, a baby on the side, but right. also beating up they they girl, but also still, you know, sleeping with another girl and
0: this should be giving crazy. multiple
1: girls naked dick. All this kind of stuff, like, these are the type of people that people are bringing into um, into their lives, and it 's like yeah there's a sort of like mental illness that is you know coming along with all these different relationships, and people are j- either they 're either overlooking it or they're just dismissing it or they 're just normalizing yeah. uh, some of these behaviors and I think um, it 's very unfortunate that um, that situation had to end like that, but I think you know that person kind of passes away in vain if we don't learn. Our lesson, as far as like, yo, we really need to be mindful yeah. of the type of people that we're bringing in, because we we all know that when you're dating someone or you when you're in a relationship with someone, you're all that baggage that they have. They're bringing all of that into into the relationship. Sometimes
0: so. people bring baggage in the form of demons, and yeah. what I mean by that is is. Demons come from okay. For example, we live in a culture now where people have like appropriated toxic behavior and toxic relationships like Mm -hmm. and they act like they don't like it, but they love it. Yeah, and it needs to stop. And the reason why is because when a person has demons, those demons can infiltrate your life. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they can take your life Mm -hmm. depending on what the you know, the severity of the situation. Like for example, if you're dealing with a girl, right? And she says, yeah, my ex is like a stalker And he was crazy, he used to hit me Right there, fellas, drop her Walk away Walk away and leave her alone Leave her alone And the reason why is because her past and her demons Can affect you in the present mm-hmm. You And here's the thing You may think it's all good And you know the toxic man is in her past But you get getting a knock on your door at 4 in the morning Because he found out where you live And he got a Glock 9 in his pocket You need to be careful yeah, who you deal you. with
1: But not sorry to cut you off. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I think we need to change this narrative as far as like um, I'm going to call like saving hoes. But, you know, like when we see altercations out in the streets, that's another one. When we see those type of things, you got to learn to put your pride aside or whatever and just turn, just turn and walk away because in all of those situations, and even it even happened with Blaine, you know, when Blaine was yeah. trying to save that girl, he got yeah. sliced up, and yeah. obviously, he, you know, he did it out of the kindness of his heart, or, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he, his intention was to be famous for it or whatever, but, you know, he did that, he got sliced up, and now he has to live with the nerve damage and yeah. all of that that type of stuff, and then in this case, the dude tried to step in and, and save her, and you know, he ended up losing his life. So it's if that's if that's your intention, or if that's your goal, or if you if you're okay with living with those results, you know, in order to save somebody's life. But I I think that people have to realize that most of the time those situations don't end where you calm somebody down and then right. everybody just walks away and go their separate way. Right. A lot of times those those situations end very violently. So I just think that men, especially. Um, You know, we have to be, you know, mindful that if two people is arguing, if you can't, you know, if you can't get to the phone and call the police, um, it's not necessarily your job to try to go out there and save, you know, somebody in that case. I'm going to be
0: honest, too. And what's crazy, too, is and this is the fucked up thing, but it's the reality of the world when a, a woman is getting hit publicly. Right, people will say you need to be a man, you need to step up, and you need to intervene. But let's be clear, that's not the first time she been hit. Mm-hmm. As adults and as human beings, we need to make better decisions of who we al- like, of of who we allow to be around us. Because any man that will beat you will kill you. Mm-hmm. Any man that has made it a regular occurrence to beat you will fucking kill you. And when you finally get the strength to leave that person, they cannot they can't see you be happy nowhere else because now they gonna kill you this is what people don't get like it it, it doesn't and, and here's the thing and it's multiple videos of this happening all over the internet it was a woman that left her man after years of of him abusing her and talking to her he came to her house shot her and all her family inside oh my gosh any dude that would do some shit like that will fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Ladies, stop dealing with these toxic dudes. Fellas, stop dealing with these toxic women. If, if women cannot bring you, if, me, if a man or woman cannot bring you peace, they got to go. Yeah, life is too short for that. And a lot of people we deal with is a dice roll, right? Mm-hmm. And this is all generally speaking. This is not speaking to this situation specifically. But it is saying from a general aspect that most people we deal with is a dice roll, we don't like a lot of people. We don't know who they are until the situation arrives. Yeah. Right? But it's people that will show you off the top. Like, if, if, ladies, if you're on a date with some dude and the date's going great and you go on a couple more dates and all of a sudden on the fourth date he grabs you, like, hey, no, don't do, don't touch that. That means this guy is going to physically harm you. He's grooming you to be okay with beating on you. Yeah. Get away from that dude. Mm-hmm. Get away from that dude. Because he's going to do even worse, like, and it's just—it's really fucked up, man. When you when you see these situations that keep taking place, yeah, of murder, and it's and and this is happening with men and women though. Like it was a woman that poisoned like four of her husbands. I, mean, I don't know if I talked to you about that. She was poisoning them slowly with arsenic. She's putting arsenic in their food, and they would die of, of natural causes, and no one knew what the fuck was going on until they investigated the last husband that died. They dug him up, and his levels of arsenic was so high that they was that his body was glowing red. Nah. Yes, they put, you know how they have that, uh, what they call it, that, um, not ultraviolet, but that... Um, it's I, I, it's like I can't. It has like different colors like orange, red, green, mm-hmm. and it, it determines what levels of of toxic whatever is in your body. Yeah, uh, and, and it's it's not ultraviolet. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the comments, bring me up to speed. Mm-hmm. But basically, it showed like bright orange and red that the levels of arsenic in a dead body were super high. This woman was killing her husbands. Shit is crazy, man. Yeah, I think the thing about it too is that
1: um like you said um there are there's always signs these things don't happen like in in the case of this situation that was not the first time that he physically harmed her. No. Um and that was not the first even before the the first signs of, you know, the physical harm or whatever, there was probably Uh, an outburst of rage it was probably some sort of you know verbal abuse or you know like you said maybe like grabbing a she tried to uh maybe she tried to hug her friend in the mall or something you might have grabbed you know any any of those things there's some sort of uh glimpse of what potentially could happen in those situations and um we have to people people are who they show us they are right we have to understand that and we have to um, treat those people accordingly, man people it's not it's very rare where somebody can um, you know really change or really understand like, oh okay, I come from a history of you know domestic violence right. I'm sorry that I did this. I'm you know working on myself, I'm in therapy, blah, blah blah, I would never do this again. That's very, that's like a you know a one percentile type of right. situation, but for the most part, those people will keep going until something stops them. Like until mm-hmm. they're just locked up with a bunch of men, and you can't you know you, there's no domestic violence that can happen.
0: This is a, this is proof that correctional facilities don't correct shit. Because mm-hmm. this guy got out of prison, and I seen him at the yard. I talked to him. Yeah. He seemed level headed, but deep inside, he was a fucking monster the whole time. Yeah. The day that he murdered them, that was Friday morning, they hadn't captured him yet, and I was at work. And I was worried, like, fuck, am I going to see this motherfucker at the yard when I get back? Mm -hmm. You know, his truck's in the fucking yard. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was just like, God damn. Um, And it's crazy, man. Like, a lot of people that are locked up for certain crimes, keep them motherfuckers in there. Yeah. Keep them in there, man. Jesus this dude, does not
1: deserve to be
0: out ever. Yeah, what less than a year? This motherfucker's murdering people. His he murdered his goddamn wife in front of the kid.
1: Oh my gosh, that kid is gonna be forever. Tra- you, but the the thing, the unfortunate thing about these situations is people don't realize that the cycle that they're creating. Right, like that is traumatic. How the you know how old the kid is? I'm not sure how old. Yeah, they're. but if they're old enough to remember anything, and my my niece is five years old now she could remember things very vividly so yeah. i just know i know that anybody you know five and up they can remember something like that very vividly um and that's traumatic for you know they got to deal with that
0: the rest of their life No, nope, a parentless child one is in prison one is gone mm-hmm. <sighs> it's just so it's so fucked up it's just like i can't and then they just they just got his bitch ass they got him in la in la yeah yeah how do, how do you do something like that and then got the nerve to just be somewhere else? He was
1: on the run, I guess. I think they caught him like, Yeah, they caught him in LA. He was
0: running, yeah. Man, I'm not even going to do I'm not going to do him the 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 favor of mentioning his name. Mm-hmm. You look this story up, it's all over the papers. Mm-hmm. My objective was not to speak about this, but once it became public knowledge, then I was like, okay, it's a, it, because it's a very personal situation mm-hmm. because I seen this motherfucker at the yard almost on a daily basis. Yeah. It hits close to home. Mm-hmm. If I was one argument away from getting killed by this guy, yeah. if I said something he didn't didn't agree with or we had an argument, this dude would have blew my fucking head off. Be careful who you surround yourself around, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Be careful. I don't know if I have to reiterate that again. If you, if you are around somebody that is dealing with this shit, send them this text. Send them this podcast. Mm-hmm. Send them this podcast because they need to hear it. Yeah, and, and even if they gotta, if they don't feel safe and they gotta go to another city or something, do that. Because if you stay with that person, they will fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Switching gears, um, Dr. Dre's daughter. Um, recently there's been articles going around about Dr. Dre and um his well his daughter. Well, obviously the main story for him was the the fucking child ex wife, the ex wife su- child support getting paid $300, 300 thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. to just fucking exist <laughs> that's that's so crap that's like criminal mm-hmm. that's almost criminal i gotta pay you 300k to do nothing i gotta pay you 300k a month to suck another man's cock yeah fuck
1: until she dies or
0: until she, she get- dies she ain't never getting married yeah she ain't never gonna die either yeah she gonna be like 89 years old <laughs> <laughs> i'm still getting my 300k <laughs> dang
1: yeah all right mm-hmm. I wonder, God forbid, um, if how it works when he passes away. Is she connected to his estate or something like that? That I don't know. That would be
0: trash. That would be like, you're not not entitled to my money anymore. I'm dead. Yeah. You got me fucked up. People, and I, I genuinely believe
1: people like that Tend to not be very smart with their money, so she's Mm -hmm. probably you know because she she if you're asking somebody for three hundred thousand, that probably means that you're not making that kind of money outside of this relationship. No, not at all. You're
0: not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Now she could just go live her life and fuck young rappers. Now, Um, (laughs) uh, Dr. Dre's daughter Latanya Young talks about being homeless despite her father's eight hundred million fortune. Uh, She's been estranged from her hip hop mogul father for eighteen years, and now Latanya Young, thirty eight. Dr. Dre's eldest daughter uh, has it has it also admitted to being homeless. The mom of four says she's living out of her rental car and working uh, menial jobs for food delivery services, Uber Eats and DoorDash and at warehouse in the U.S. I'm taking odd jobs just to make it now. She told the Daily Mail I got paid fifteen dollars an hour um, as an assembler at the warehouse. I'm trying to keep my head above water. I've been in debt for a while. While while Dre has helped her in the past by paying her rent and giving her an allowance to help take care of her children, Tatiana 16, Rihanna 13, DeAndre 8, and Jason 3. Latanya says she hasn't seen a cent from her wealthy dad since January 2020. She adds her her plea from for help have fallen on deaf ears. And quote, I'm homeless and I've been reaching out to my dad, his lawyers. Has said my dad doesn't want to help me Because I've spoken about him in the press She says I feel like I'm damned if I do Damned if I don't Let's be very clear You're a 38 year old woman with 4 kids Why the fuck can't you pay for your own shit Second of all Where's your baby's daddy Mm -hmm. Where the fuck is he at Your dad has been giving you an allowance You are a 38 year old woman What the fuck are you doing with your money Yeah you grown girl You a grown ass woman Yeah, And then you had the nerd to say, well, he's putting up women in houses and he's paying for their stuff. And this ain't got nothing to do with you. You will grow like this is this is why. Hear me out when I say this, folks. This is a bar. Sometimes helping people, you're not helping them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes helping people, you're not helping them. You're only enabling them. You're enabling them to do nothing. You're enabling them to um, wait on you to help them. You're enabling them to wait on a paycheck that they didn't earn. Mm-hmm. By the way, if he stopped giving you money in 2020, why are you broke in 2021? <laughs> You've been on his payroll all these years. It, well, she. It, it was only a few months. I thought that. No, I said 2020. 2020. So it's like it's been. Day. It's been like 15 months or something About like 15 that. 15 months. Okay. Dang. Yeah. Are you already living out your car. What the fuck are you doing? Do you got a drug habit? Um, do you blow your? Mu- what the fuck are you doing? And why do you have four kids that you can't
1: provide for? I think that I think the thing that we get wrong um, as as a black community, and this is something that I I know that uh, a lot of white people don't deal with when when a person in a black community gets on, they're expected to take care of anybody that's in a family tree. Obviously, your kid, you're going to take care of them or whatever, right? But we're expected to take care of our parents. You got to get your mom a crib. You got to, even if your dad is a drug abuser or whatever, you got to somehow make sure he's solid, give him some sort of funds to live his life. Your grandma, she may not be doing so well, so you got to get her a little crib. She might live in, you know, and she might live in, you know, some, like, project in New York so you got to get her a small crib in New Jersey and, and then crazy. your kids you got to take care of them until they 38 years old or whatever the case may be um, but a lot of white people we, we seen it with uh, I forget I don't know if it was like some um, Kirk Cousins or something like that or Bernie Kosar what happened?
0: I think Bernie Kosar actually went broke helping his family out and paying all his dad and parents' debt.
1: No, I wasn't talking about. I was talking about more so on the opposite ends, where it's like, oh, gotcha. The, the guy will, you know, sign a million dollar contract, and he's like, yeah, I don't have to take care of my parents. My parents, you know, they take care of themselves, and you know, just different situations like that, or even like you know the the um, my cousin is like in the Buffett family or whatever, like that. But right. Warren Buffett is. Um, he talks about him and even Bill Gates. They talk about we don't give our kids money like that. You know, mm-hmm. obviously like if they're they're never going to go broke or anything, but we don't we're not just I'm not just giving billion dollar checks out to to each one of my kids no. like they I'm giving them the tools to in order to be successful out in this world, but I'm not just giving this uh you know, I'm not giving them allowances and stuff like that. But I think that's one thing that as a a black community, we I think we have to like change the narrative. Like the whole even like the I I feel some type of way about the general wealth generational wealth conversation because I think generational wealth is more about tools and resources, right. not a monetary thing. Like Dr. Right. Dre being Dr. Dre, and I don't know what type of conversations they had, but him being him is enough for you to be like, "Yo, my dad did this. He took beats. He did that." Mm-hmm he started his record label like what can i do to be uh be an asset and not a liability in this mm-hmm. situation and i think that for those people that are criticizing dr dre i just want to know like what are you doing with your money mm-hmm. are you taking care of and and don't matter how much you have i'm just saying in general like if you make if you make a uh general manager wage at Taco Bell or something? Are you divvying up your money uh, um, in a way that you're helping your grandma? Are you helping your kid
0: that's right. 18, 20 years old? Um, you could have done something. You could have took up some culinary art school. You could have been a private chef for your dad. You could have learned how to fucking... I don't know, you could have learned how to mix and master or something. You could have done something for artist over, manager or A or something. Just
1: something. to bring
0: just to be an asset to the situation. Yeah, and you could have existed in that role. Mm-hmm. You could have taken care of your kids, whatever, and you would have always had money. Yeah. But when when somebody is a billionaire, or he's been a billionaire, I think he's worth eight hundred something million now. Mm-hmm. Um but when you on paper. On paper, mm-hmm. right? So when you've made that much money, you've made that much money distinctively. Deciding what's a liability and what's, you know, what's, what's a liability and what's a, uh, what's the opposite of liability? Asset. Uh, asset, mm-hmm. excuse me. What's an asset, what's a liability? And mm-hmm. you cut the liabilities, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been looking at your daughter as a liability all this time. And, and the best way to help people sometimes is to cut them off. Yeah, for sure. The best way to help some people is to cut them the fuck off. Mm-hmm. You don't add any value to my life. I don't give a fuck who you are. Not to mention, this is the same person that left Suge
1: Knight at the peak of Death Row, right? So I think he, he's very understanding of you know m- maneuvering relationships and when to leave and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and making that decision could have ruined his whole career. Yeah, he went he went out on his own and then
0: he you know went to you know be more successful. Yeah, so it's like anybody that's accomplished all these milestones in their life, it's like they don't want to make a reservation for a person that gave up on theirs. Yeah and it's sad that the people around you could become entitled there was a bunch of uh, professional athletes in a panel Mm -hmm. I forgot what podcast it was and they were talking about their family and he said the best way man the Like I felt like like I had to pay for everybody when I first got my contract and he said when I first got that contract I learned how many people just wanted me for resources and nothing else I'll let you know like
1: I'm not owned by any means, I'm not doing well that great i mean i'm i'm I am a successful black man for sure, but mm-hmm. like I'm not nearly where I want to be right and but I see how the the conversations start to change around um people you're related to mm-hmm. and and I think that they don't realize that they're doing it, but it's like more of a subconscious thing mm-hmm. so um I don't want to say his name, but my cousin mm-hmm. um you know him he he's a a He's a lineman mm-hmm. um with electricity and stuff like right. that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um but he he's he's he got it. Like he doing he's doing good. It's a really obviously most people know that's a really, really good job, right? Um but we were at this my cousin's birthday, my little cousin's birthday party yesterday, and you can see how people are like the lingo is starting to change because mm-hmm. like he he's he's doing really good like he has a pool that he's building like he bought his house and the whole nine um and no one no one knows how much money he's making they just have a rough idea like if mm-hmm. you see oh a crib that you purchase, but you know mm-hmm. you getting a pool built you didn't you getting this you got a new car and stuff they like oh you putting two and two together you're like oh this car may be a 300 400 payment every month mm-hmm. but, you know the house payment might be like you know 15 16 1700 you right can, even living in this community. So you start to piece things together and you're like, oh he's doing he's doing really good in life, right? But the conversation starts to change when you're talking to him, right? So one thing happened, like we were taking we was we was at a park. We were taking down like the little uh tape and stuff that they put up to, around the little gazebo area. Right. And uh he had tore it was like a happy birthday thing, right? He tore the thing and he was like, Oh my bad um, I, I didn't I'll tape it together or whatever she was like no don't worry about it and she was like he was like no I'm genuinely sorry like I didn't really I really didn't mean to do that mm. and then uh, she was like Man, don't worry about it I know you got it like it, speaking in monetary wow. value and then another conversation my uncle and him was having it was talking about like he was trying to buy something from uh from my uncle and then they was going back and forth on the numbers and that type of energy came up like man you come on two two three hundred ain't none to you like those mm-hmm. type of so that's what happens with family like when they see you doing they see you mm-hmm. moving out here and stuff like that the energy and then, changes. And subconsciously they they start to think like yo you know we came up together we was eating top ramen together mm-hmm. we lived in the same house or whatever mm-hmm. so i i Inherently think
0: that I just deserve A piece of your pie And that's yeah. not the case It's not how it works mm-hmm. If I if, Here's the thing I'm willing to give a piece of my pie To a person that I already got one Mm-hmm you, you, you catch that? Yeah. I'm willing to give a piece of pie to a person who already got a piece of pie, mm-hmm. meaning that person has already worked to build themselves up. Mm-hmm. And if I could see, let's say, for example, I'm worth $3 million mm-hmm. and, you, and you, let's say you make like a hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to build a business and you struggling and you are giving all your resources. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, here's $250,000. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I just invested in someone's business that's already been doing the work. But if I'm worth $3 million and you eating top ramen and you have no work ethic, you have nothing. I'm not getting any return on investment. And in the
1: conversation is different. Like I was telling you, like, you know, me and my cousin, we're not in the same position. Like I'm still trying to build up to same you know man. what he what he has going on. But um, when I tell him like, "Hey, I'm trying to do this, or I'm trying to do this, I'm working on this stuff that he's already accomplished," mm-hmm. he can give me like legit advice. Yeah, and he's not. Then that's more valuable than hey, here's twenty thousand or here's however much money to go and do something. Like just that information and that tutelage that he can offer me is right. much better than like like what would be the equivalent equivalent of Dr. Dre giving his daughter money right. for 20 plus years or whatever um just you know baby basically en- enabling
0: her I'm I'm thinking of this and and this is a a very odd analogy but just hear me out I wonder how many people that live in poverty, like when they say their prayers at night, they pray for like a million dollars. Like, yeah. they like please, God, just a million dollars changed my life. Right. I wonder how many people pray for a million dollars mm-hmm. and God is just shaking his head like I've already tried to give you a million dollars 20 times. Yeah. But those million dollars are in the form of conversations. Yeah. They're in, the fo- they're in the form of you working. They're in the form of you actually getting something moving. They're in the form of you actually uh, having value. Like yeah. God tried to give you a million dollars twenty times, but since you don't want to do no work, you'll never get it it's it, me and my uncle was having this
1: conversation yesterday. It was like, man, it's not because we we have a you know a pretty big family, and we always had this idea like, yo, if we really all came together and you know everybody put a little bit of money if every honestly like we have I have so many cousins and aunts and stuff like that if everybody just chipped in a small percentage like $100, you know, every couple months or something like that, we could really really put together some a thousand, few thousand dollars really quickly and invest it in some land or something like that, but like it just it just never materialized. But what I realized and what we realized in that conversation is like everybody is not built for this. Mm-mm. You know, it just the the type the 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 type of um I guess freelance mentality that you need in order to just go out and start a podcast and and the think crazily enough that this might actually be successful, right? Or to start your own business, or to, you know, to get your business license, or to go out and you know, get your your uh, your uh, CDLs and all these different things. Like right. that stuff is not the norm, and it takes a certain type of person um, in order to to accomplish these kind of things. So what right. we realized in that conversation is like. We can say it all we want, so we can say, like, hey, man, if you just get it together, if you do this, 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 and this, you will be successful. But in reality, it's only going to be a small amount of people that's receptive mm-hmm. of of that information. And one thing that I also realize is that the uh, being rich is not actually about the number of people. You know the zeros in your bank account, right? It's, it's more the information. Like hundred percent. When you're really having conversations with wealthy people, um, the way they speak is different. Like my cousin yes. was like he he was they were trying to buy he was trying to buy a bike from from my uncle, mm-hmm. and he was like uh, was like my uncle was like yo give me like twenty five hundred and you could get the bike, and then he was like I don't know he was like this is what I could do, I give you two thousand. And you could keep the you could keep the engine or whatever and um that's like we'll call it a day. He was like, oh, they was going back and forth a little bit. He's like, all right, that's two thousand is my final offer. That's all I can do for you. And that's like the type of conversations that people with real money, because you know, when you it don't matter like at what scale you have money or how much money you make, mm-hmm. it's really about what you're doing with that amount of money. hundred percent. So I was, you know, also thinking like was talking to this uh <clears throat> this lender one time. And the guy was like, "Sometimes people come in here and they make hundred thousand dollars, but they don't have anything to their name because they're just spending. Ooh, they're shit. spending so much money." But he's like, "Sometimes a teacher could come in here with a forty-five thousand dollars salary or fifty thousand dollars salary, but they got money saved up. They could put a crazy down payment. Their credit score is good, and on on a you know just on an even playing field, the one the teacher is doing far better in life." because they they have the information and the know-how that that mm-hmm. person
0: that's making all that money doesn't know. Yeah, the person with all that money is all over the place. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They still have to figure it out. Yeah. Um this this is a I guess you could say this is a bar. But once you once you have the foresight to do better and you want to become a better person, that's the moment when you start speaking a different language than other people. Facts, yeah you're not speaking you could be in a room of 20 people and you only can connect with one or two people because out of all those other people they just looking at y'all like what y'all talking about what is that Mm -hmm. that?" like if I get in a room I may not have all the information but my mind is in my mind is in such a condition to where I want to do better that I came across things that someone else is mentioning and I can learn from them but I kind of could it's kind of a momentum already in place yeah. Because I've taken my t- taken the time and done my due diligence. Like if somebody's mentioning NFTs and I'd be like, okay, I've always want to know more about NFTs. I know this about NFTs. Yeah. I know this about NFTs. Now that person who knows everything about mm-hmm. NFTs is more likely to share information with me. They're giving you game. They're giving me game because they know I care. But if somebody's like, what is an NFT? Where does it come from? What is that? They know that you haven't even given a fuck and you haven't even tried. Yeah, you so green. It don't even. It's not even worth the it's conversation. Not worth, it's not worth my time. Conversation because yeah. you're not gonna do anything with the information I give you anyways. Yeah, it's just it's just me talking. I'm right. talking to a wall basically. Yeah, you're talking to a wall, and mm. and that's most people. Which which all ties into the Dr. Drake conversation. <laughs> it's like if I've been giving you giving you giving you giving you things this whole time, and you've done nothing with it, you're already broken, fucked up with literally like one year of me not giving you money.
1: You know you know it's crazy. I had a um, shout out to DJ. I was talking to him last night, and uh, he was he was like, for, for those of you who know me and listen to the podcast, you know that like, and even Eddie, sometimes like I I don't have the, either the mental capacity or the time to like always answer my, my phone. Like it'd be people calling me. I, I, it's, it's just, I will not say it's a lot of people, but I would say on a weekly basis, it's probably like, 10 or so people that call me and it's not like quick conversations. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I was thinking about this, blah, blah. And that short conversation probably turns into an hour, Mm -hmm. 45 minute conversation. So if those 10, if I answer that, those 10 people's phone calls throughout the day, that's 10 hours of my day that I'm devoting to speaking to people. Right. So
0: he I know was, where you're um, going. I know where you're going. With
1: so a lot of times, like I have to consolidate or like kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, I'll call him tomorrow. I'll call him. Mm-hmm. You know, if he calls me back or if it's that serious, hopefully he shoots me a text or whatever. Or if he leaves a voicemail, like I'll get back to it if it's a, an emergency kind of thing. So <clears throat> um, DJ was talking. He was like speaking about one of our other friends, and he was like, "Man, Keith, don't be answering the phone. Like I, I try to call him and and stuff like that." And DJ told him he was like, um, "Honestly." Which you're the way you're moving in life is not, um, you're not operating on a high enough level to, uh, for Keith to devote time to answering your phone call huh. every time he calls. That's call. how it should be. And he was like, even me personally, he was like, I understand that Keith is a busy person. So what I had to do for myself is, first of all, only call him if it's some, like if some, if some, something's really going on because mm-hmm. we're all like busy people. And secondly, I got to, up my game in order to know that or in order for him to see that it's value or it's money or something every time I call it's something of value that he would devote time in his day in order to take that that conversation right Mm -hmm. um so that's something that he had to realize and I didn't tell him that and I don't I don't fully actually agree with that but that's just like the way that's his perception of it Mm -hmm. and it's some it's some truth to it right yeah um so I say that to say like You know, in in the case of like uh, Dr. Dre and his daughter, it could be a thing where. Instead of her calling and actually checking on him, instead of her calling and actually saying, like, hey, Dad, I, you know, I just finished, you know, I just uh, signed up for junior college or, uh, you know, I just took this trade or whatever the case may be. Um, that conversation of being something, something of value, that conversation probably started to be like, hey, Dad, you know, I just, hey, I got pregnant again. I was wondering if you could help me with the hospital bills or hey, Dad, like, you on. know, rent is a little short this month. Um, I was wondering if you could help me out. And you start to hear those conversations of no value so often, it's like, I'm in the studio with Kanye West. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in the mm-hmm. studio with Kendrick Lamar, I'm in the studio with Anderson Pack. I don't have time to answer these phone calls when they about just some money, you know what I mean? And that's probably why they and I don't know for sure, but that's probably why they stopped communicating so far you know, so many years ago. And he was just like, it ain't even worth my time to have the conversation. But because I brought you into this world and you didn't ask to be here, I can kick you down some monthly allowance. But after a while, he's like, you 37 years old. This is 38. This
0: is old. Here's the thing, man. Um, what's also weird. Um, you also, this is everyone listening to this. Take time to evaluate the value that you get out of the conversations and the people you're around. Mm-hmm. And you're going to decide, like, yo, I need to stop talking to these people. Because there's the friend that's like, yeah, you know, I just started the business. The food truck's going great. I'm just trying to find out if I could get a lower price on these tortillas from here so I could sell these out. I could make this much money off of this. When you're having those conversations, those are powerful. Because it's showing a person is creating a a value on something and they're working and they're working diligently to chase their dreams. Mm -hmm. Right? But... Then you talk to the other friend, and let's say he's a construction worker, and he's like, "I'm just saving my money so I can start my own business, and I can get my own crew." That's another powerful conversation. Mm -hmm. Then you got the other friend. Hey, yo, we need to get fucked up. We need to go to the bar, dude. We got to go to the bar. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'll hit you back later. They'll hit you up. Hang out. They'll hit you up again, man. You trying to hang out, dog? We got to go to the bar, bro. We got to go to the bar, dude. And some hoes. It's some hoes, dog. It's some hoes. Hey, I'm married. Oh, my bad. I forgot, dog. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Get rid of these motherfuckers. Yeah. get rid of them they are leeches yeah there is a dude i forgot his name that he said this as an older older guy he says show me your friends and i will show you your future and yeah. it's a very accurate statement because we spend too much time around people that don't offer us value and then we wonder why our lives are not going forward you gotta trim the fat man and it's not because you hate your friends or they're bad people you just grow apart yeah, that's fact. The, the, that's that's super important, and some people can act like.
1: You know, it, we we see like uh, there'll be some girls, and obviously with girls we we know here mm-hmm. in Bakersfield, and they friends be hosed, but they would try to come off like, oh, I'm not, you know, that's her, that's her. She, you know, she could get down however she wants to, but I'm a little bit more civilized. Like I don't carry myself in that way. You may not be on that same scale. You may not be out as uh, as often as she, but you still have that same mentality because what happens is like we're. Um, approval seeking people, right? Right, right. So in the case of any sort of friendship like you know when you see your friend doing something it it almost become you almost normalize that behavior. So if you have a friend that's uh, consistently going to the gym and y'all hang out a lot, you probably going to just want to get in the gym cuz it's like yo, my my boy in the gym. Yes. If you if you have a friend that's like cheating on his wife and y'all y'all kicking it heavy, mm-hmm. you probably going to want to, you know, Cheat yeah. on you know, your wife too If you have a friend That's drinking consistently And y'all hang out a lot that I don't see a world In which you like Nah I'm good You know You this, probably gonna wanna Throw throw a beer back as well So
0: This is why most married people Hang around other married people Yeah Because those married people Are on the same energy That they are on mm-hmm. But if you are a married man And you always hanging out With your single homeboy And he's got pussy everywhere mm-hmm. Right I don't think it's not always a problem because I think that if you are respectful of your homeboy's marriage, you're not going to have that around. Mm-hmm. Right. But for the most part, married people hang with other married people because they have the same energy. Mm-hmm. So I think this is this is the same. Like, I think that this is a very uh, ubiquitous. Very, mm-hmm. It's it's something that is seen everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person that say, oh, I'm not a hoe or I'm not doing that. And all your friends is hoe. You are in the middle of hoe energy. Yeah. Right, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you are who you hang around, man. I'm sorry for most people. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I may not have kids, right? But I don't hang around men who don't take care of theirs. Yeah. If I know you a deadbeat, we cannot be friends. Mm-hmm. I do not befriend that people like that. So if you are saying, oh, I'm not like that, I'm not. But all your friends is you a liar? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that. We grown. Mm-hmm. We are grown adults. You have to be making better decisions, and you have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. with what you're doing i think a lot of times also this is just going on a tangent yeah like i can't blame any woman that i've ever dealt with in the past that you know hurt my feelings or whatever because i wasn't mature enough to attract a decent woman that's not their fault that's mine But, but that that even that mentality
1: is different because the majority of people will blame the person that they're bringing in. That's a fact. Like, oh, he's such a terrible person. Kid, she's toxic. just toxic. Like, she was just like a toxic girl and all this kind of stuff. But we are not. We never take ownership of right. how we allow that energy to come into our life or how we didn't really do the due diligence enough on that person in order to, um, you know, kind of catch those different red flags that come. It's 100%. like on the second date, y'all already like she chilling in your house or whatever. It's like you don't even know this person from whatever. Like yeah. obviously they're going to put their best the best version of themselves on when you when you go out to have dinner. But you know, and yeah. you not you you don't know that person that well on the second time, and
0: y'all already yeah. Became, you know. It's just like dog, like it, 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 you're right. The accountability thing is not there. Like I mentioned, I can't blame any woman that I've ever dealt with in the past because I was not mature enough to attract a decent woman. Mm-hmm. And I realize, especially at the age of thirty six, it's about energy. Why are you attracting these people? What are you doing? Yeah. So it's certain energy that I don't allow. Mm-hmm. Like it's like yo, like. We could probably fool around, but you can't be my girl because I already know what type of energy you own. Yeah. I know that you would not be beneficial to my life, so you got to... You got to... You you at an arm's distance. Most people don't even make
1: those... that that They can't even make that boundary. Yeah, you got to make it. Because they don't... um, They don't operate like that. I think for... You know, even for me and and for you as well, and this is something that has been my mentality just from, you know, from when I started really having conversations with females. Like, I never... You know, I never uh, crossed that line as far as, like, hey, i I'm just smashing this girl, but, man, maybe she might be, like, she might be, like, a wife material. It's like, nah, like, you you know from the jump. Yeah, you do. You know, the girls don't necessarily just turn into, like, wife material. Like, they either is, like, you can kind of, like, um, curate that, that relationship early on to where it's like, okay, I'm not just trying to smash her. I'm going to, you know, actually take my time, and we're going to hang
0: out, and we're going to learn about each so other. There are, oh, there no. are conditions, though. mm mm-hmm. What you mean? There are some. There's some girls that you can... Have sex with and be like, wow. Well, she's actually a decent person.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that
0: can happen too.
1: I'm just saying, like the majority of the time right. when it happens so fast, yes, yeah, you're not, not that you're not even concerned about their person. It's no. more so like y'all just trying to have sex, and then all of a sudden you just learn about each other. And then sometimes even the thing about the sex too is like sometimes the sex can cloud your judgment because if a yeah. girl got good, hair you might be like, dang, she might be wife material.
0: Yeah, it's like oh my, oh my god, yeah. But that just she speaks sucks the life out of me. But that that. <laughs> <laughs> that could that's that just speaks to your lack of maturity yeah your your maturity is is not allowing you to make a sound intentional decision mm-hmm. like you know when if you just got your energy if you're allowing everybody to have that type of energy, then you just it's just it's kind of sad on your part like like I think about the the simp like the simp stuff I was doing um be getting my heart broken i was breaking my own heart that's my own fault <laughs> <laughs> it was it yeah. was my own fault but the, people don't look at it that way they just like men are toxic or just women ain't shit but it's like dude you yeah you you sucked bro like i, yeah. I, I sucked Thanks, I, yeah. I allowed women to have energy they didn't deserve i was doing too much for women that gave me too little mm-hmm. and that's my fucking fault I think about like the the times where you know you
1: have those simp behaviors, whether it's like double texting females, mm-hmm. or I would I would be doing stuff to where like I talk to a girl, and if she ain't responded in ten fifteen minutes, I'll go check their social media. Like, dang, like did they post something on there? Like mm-hmm. that, like just kind of like I've the done lamest the same behavior. Shit. Um, but you also realize like where you were at like Mm -hmm. me at the time didn't have no car living Mm -hmm. with my moms like Mm -hmm. nigga didn't have no money I was living Mm -hmm. off of financial aid and catching a bus around town like just had no real value to my life Mm -hmm. outside of just being like a genuinely good dude and that's just not how the world is not built for you to be like I'm I'm not supposed to be just like a solid dude like Mm -hmm. that you know fairly good decent mental health and you know just uh a decent guy overall. I don't have no real like issues with my parents and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not designed to go out there and just get like a holly berry or something like
0: that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but you're 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 aware of that though, mm-hmm. which most men and women are not. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing too, especially with the the texting where women will take forever to text you back. First of all. Like, just the average human being in the world is not that detached from their phone to where, oh, my God, I'm a bad texter or this yeah. and that. So what I do when a girl take forever to text me back, I don't trip. I don't check what they doing. None of that. Because I know their phone's right in their hand. Mm-hmm. I just be like, oh, oh okay. So you're a game player. Okay. Yeah. Okay, game player. All right.
1: But then I think nowadays you learn to take, uh, I guess, in like a sports reference, you learn to take good shots. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, for a guy like uh, Kobe Bryant, he wasn't the greatest three-point shooter, but he know in that mid-range area, he was he was lethal. Mm-hmm. So I think now, like, being at your age and being in the space mm-hmm. that you're in, right. you know that you have a little bit more attention on you. Yeah. So that your pick of the litter is a little bit different than right. you having to just shoot these freaking half court yeah. shots at like girls that you just see on Facebook and Mm-mm. Instagram. And like bye. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not the that that dude that you play games with that's chasing you like, hey girl, I text you earlier, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, because now you got a lot of a lot of people, I don't want to say women, but from as a man, women will do this to assume mind control or control over you. They want you to chase them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not you can't chase anybody. Yeah. If you if you're chasing somebody, that means they control you. Mm-hmm. I'm not chasing shit If you run it away, run the fuck off, bye Yeah <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a tangent uh, From the original topic But um, to close it out um, You have to be You need to be a, do a better job Of being self-reliant um, Dr. Dre's daughter just really fucking blew it man. She was yeah. on this man's payroll Forever um, And Didn't make anything of it and you gotta remember, you gotta remember that <laughs> he's on his <the> payroll. <laughs> yeah, he's on his fucking payroll. She was on his payroll without doing anything. She was a tax write-off. Yeah, that's funny. He would have been better off giving that money to to, to, to us. He would have literally been better giving oh, us facts. that money. You have that be decked out. Oh in my money. god. We would have Sirens, top. and We have fucking three cameras in this motherfucker, different angles. hanging
1: from the ceiling. We have a stripper crazy, in this yeah. motherfucker,
0: stripper pole yeah, and ay, shit. Yeah, hey man, yeah. That'd be crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. We would be doing this out of. We have a way more plus setup. By the way, folks, we are working on a better setup to make the aesthetic, the visual aesthetic, better. Instead of just seeing two black guys talking with yeah. different colored yeah. hats every week. Now <laughs> you get <laughs> these headbands, y'all know. Yeah, that. now now you you're gonna get better. We got shit coming. Yeah, we do. Sure. That's yeah. a fact. It's already in works but we got shit coming I think it's better
1: for like the the listener to mm-hmm. go on a journey with somebody right like, it's gonna be five years from now when you know Eddie got multi million dollar businesses and you know maybe um, I'm out here directing movies and writing films and stuff like that and we still doing the podcast People gonna be able to look at it I remember year, right? those guys Yeah like yo I remember they was in the little office And they was that. in Bakersfield And blah 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 So it's gonna
0: be Yeah, awesome. yeah. And be awesome. and my thing is I'm, I keep it loyal to the soil I don't try to follow A bunch of people So I still have that Core core people That supported us From day one on jump. Yeah. I, I, We got people that we have That you know You know They was following us Listening to content And now they pregnant Or they having kids Or they got married Or this mm-hmm. and that And it's different people You know they moved To different places Season. yeah and it's like and it's like you kind of low-key on their journey too yeah that's real which is dope man. Yeah, it's for it's sure a, and they a, be moving and grooving themselves. it's people that have listened to the podcast who have passed on rest in peace gore copian rest in peace stanley Stansel. you mm-hmm. know it's been people it's been all kind of different emotions ups and downs and different people's lives and mm-hmm. it's just a part of the journey man and mm-hmm. you know we just appreciate it yeah um geez, i had a i had a point i was trying to make geez it just it just slipped my mind dang hopefully it come back to you yeah hopefully it does but Mm -hmm. you know there's that uh switching gears uh you should burn bridges um by saying you should burn bridges it sounds asinine like you shouldn't burn bridges you hear that a lot Mm -hmm. you never know when you're gonna have to go back to that but i think that you know there's an that, that that's an old adage you know don't burn your bridges but It needs more information. It needs more information because there are some bridges that you should burn intentionally. Mm -hmm. You should be intentional on the bridges you burn. And by that, I don't mean from a literal stance like, fuck y'all, I never come back here. Like, Mm -hmm. don't do that. I mean, burn them. If you have a job that, that was bad for your mental health that you absolutely despised and you leave that job, don't you ever go back. Yeah. Don't ever take a step back to that. Burn that bridge. If you come from a toxic relationship that you was in for 5 to 6 years and it was terrible, it ended mm-hmm. in divorce, whatever. Burn that bridge. Don't you ever fucking go back. Yeah. That 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 person, that job, that thing should never be an outlet for you. Mm-hmm. When you burn your bridges, you can only go in one direction. Mm-hmm. And that's forward. I don't give a fuck if you fail going forward. What what's like that bridge is not an option. Go to Google Maps and find another way around it. Yeah. Okay. That was a little a low key analogy right there. That nigga Eddie been spitting today, spitting bars. <laughs> nah, but it's just one of those things, man. I think that what we don't do is. We don't burn these bridges. There are people that will break up with somebody and get back with them 15 times. Mm -hmm. What are you not learning? That person's not changing. What the fuck are you doing? You're going to die someday. You are going to fucking die. We're all going to die. That is an irrefutable point. So you're going to die taking the same motherfucker back 13 times? Are you stupid? Yeah. Okay. I can see one time. One time it didn't work out. Y'all broke up for a little bit. You got back together. Man, there ain't no second chances, bro. You not ma- If you're not married to that person too, get rid of them. Yeah. Get rid of them. You got to move on. By the way, you need to be okay first by yourself and then move on from that. By the way, you need to be okay with yourself regardless of what your situation is. So if, if you had a job that's not pleasing you, whatever it is, you need to be okay in your own mind to say, look, I'm okay with moving forward. From this situation and never having to look back, you know. But don't just pack your bags right away. Make sure you are in a position emotionally, financially, mentally, whatever. And when you move on from it, you got enough strength and momentum to never look back again. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 important to do that with intention.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think some like obviously cliches are cliches for a reason. As far as like there are examples of. People's, you know, where um, maybe they got fired from a job and, you know, they went away peacefully and stuff like that. And then that same job doubled back, you know, two or three years later and offered them a much better position. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yo, if I would have burned those bridges, like I wouldn't have been able to get that opportunity. Right. Maybe somebody, you know, in the entertainment industry felt slighted about something or somebody. And then, you know, a couple years later, they offered them a huge deal to sign a record record label or something like that. And those cases, um, you know, obviously, those are those are important. But I think, you know, the point that we're trying to make is that it's um, it's different scenarios that. um that go with this that go with this point. There's often times, like you said, different different relationships or um even in the workplace. Like for me, um there was uh and I was telling Eddie this on the phone, I used to work at this place called La Mina out here in Bakersfield. It's like a uh, like a Mexican restaurant slash bar kind of club atmosphere kind of thing. And I used to be a um a bouncer there, a security guard. And um when I was working there God dang my nose is itching. But uh, when I was working there Delta variant, go ahead Yeah, the Delta (laughs) Delta variant (laughs) But uh, when I was working there There was time and it was, it was a very casual job. Like we actually started, like when we first started out, you get paid under the table. So you, you might get like, like a hundred dollars a night or I don't, it might not even have been that much, but it was just a few, you know, some change every, every night they'll pay you like at the end out of the, uh, out of the cash register. And then eventually like it moved on to being like, you know, a a legit job signing a a W-2 and, you know, filling out the application and all that kind of stuff. Um, But basically uh, what happened was there was like a handful of security guards and what was going on, like there was time. And at the time I was actually going to, I was in, in college still. So at the time, like what would happen was like before I dipped to work, I probably got, I had to probably get to work at like seven or something like that. And sometimes before I got to work, maybe around five thirty or six, the guy that was kind of like the lead security guard would text me like, Hey, you know, don't worry about coming in today. Like somebody's going, uh, in yeah. for you. And sometimes it was cool. Cause I was like, man, it's, it's perfect. Like I, I got to do homework tonight or, you know, I just, I wasn't feeling like getting out anyways, or I'm tired, whatever the case may be. So sometimes it worked out, but after a while, it started to get real annoying because, you know, some, you know, we need money. The bill's starting to stack up or, you know, maybe I was like had the intention or I put my mind. Obviously, it's a tough job. So I'm already putting my mind in that space. Like, hey, you know, like, you know, I got to deal with these people, got to deal with drunk people, blah, blah, blah. So I. um so it it, it, it like I said it kept happening and and sometimes it was happening to where it was so close to me going to work like I would have to turn around and, and go back home after right. I, I've already made it like halfway to to the job. So one day um, for people out here in Bakersfield, like I was I was making uh, I was making a ride on Stockdale from my house, which is probably like a little I would say a little less than halfway there. And I got that same text, like, "Hey, big dog, such and such is gonna cover for you today. Don't come in. Um, take the day off or something like that." I looked at the phone. I just put the phone down, and uh, I drove home. And that was the last time I talked to them. They had called me like the next week or probably like the next day, like, "Hey, see you at six, seven thirty, or see you at seven, or see you at six thirty, whatever, whatever the time was." Didn't even, didn't even answer the uh, the text message. Call. They probably like. I think the next following week or the next day or whatever, same sort of text. And then I got a call, you know, kind of checking on me. I didn't answer the, the phone call at all. So one day I was, my boy had actually gotten into trouble that day, but I was chilling with my boy and um, he had got, or I got a phone call from a random number and I didn't know who it was. And they, uh, I answered the phone cause I didn't have the number saved. I answered the phone call. I was like, hello. And they were like, Hey, is this, Keith? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And it was like, why haven't you been showing up to work? Why haven't you been answering the text messages or anything? I was like, bro, every time I'm getting re- I get ready to go to work. Y'all call me out of work. And I was like, the last time I went to work, I was halfway there and he told me not to come. And she was like, okay, that's how you're going to play the game. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. She was like, okay, I'll see about that. And then she just kind of hung up the phone. Yeah, And I was like, like, what do you expect out of me? Like, yeah. I don't want to work there anyway. Yeah, I'm pe- in
0: college, you know what I mean? Yeah, people have a very one-sided way <clears> of <throat> seeing things. They can be as selfish, fucked <clears throat> up, and unprofessional as they can be while yeah. expecting the best from you. On the other side, And that yeah. is not how life works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not okay. You cannot be fucked up, not do things for the employees. Because basically... They was calling you when you was on the way and tell you not to come to work. And they tell you at the last minute. Yeah. And it's like when you develop habits of treating people that are employees like that. They don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. They oh, don't care
1: about what all. you're doing. Yeah. I, I, What I only did was give y'all the same energy that y'all was That's giving it. me. But y'all couldn't handle it. There you go. But the thing about it, like as far as burning the bridges, I, I, would, I haven't stepped foot in that place since I picked up my last check. Yeah. And I feel fully comfortable with that. I'm doing pretty good. I got a podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, I got my degree, you know, years later after that and stuff like that. So I, I feel comfortable with literally saying... First of all, I don't care for the establishment overall, but secondly, like the way they treated me in that instance, I don't need any from anything from them or anybody that mm-hmm. works there. So I don't mind burning that bridge at all.
0: Not the not to mention, you don't deserve the convenience of <clears throat> you don't deserve the convenience of having anything to do with me anymore. Yeah. When you had the opportunity to have me around, you treated me wrong. Mm-hmm. Now I'm taking the ability to take all that power back and move forward with my life. I don't need yeah. anything from anybody anywhere anytime. Mm -hmm. Once I I have not moved backwards since 2015, since 2015, every step I've made forward and I have no intentions of going back.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Whatever move I make now is intentional and it's definite. Yeah, it is intentional and it is definite. Maybe it's not forever, but it's intentional. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So, no, ain't no going back. And I think that we need to do the same thing With the way our our own behaviors We need to also burn the bridges with those Mm -hmm. Procrastination If you're an extreme procrastinator You need to start doing things that Force you to get shit done Mm -hmm. That force you to put you in a position To do things Instead of sit back and just not do them Because we can sit back forever And say yeah I'm going to go take that to the laundromat And I'm going to go do that And I'm going to do that Uh But it's not going to really happen until you physically move your ass, pick things up, put them in a basket, wrap that, drive down, drop it off or wash it. That's how real life is. You have to burn the bridges of your own behaviors also. Yeah. Them old habits got to die. Mhm. There is a there is like a version of you in real life that needs to die in order for you to become a better person. The thing about it is people we we
1: know what's <clears throat> we know what's right and wrong just just I think, for the most part, naturally, we know we know right from wrong, or you know just something you learned just over the course of your life, just being going to school, learning from your parents, learning from your your family, and stuff like that, but Sometimes we know Something is wrong But there's something Instinctually about us That likes to hold on To that thing that is wrong
0: Exactly Yeah It needs to fucking stop
1: Yeah We can either like Justify it Or um, We could We could come up With some sort of scenario And like I guess like The other day uh, I love my mom to death But sometimes I'd be having to tell her These like Real world things about like some of the behaviors that, that she's done and, and obviously it's not it's not necessarily a slight to her, it's more so like, you know, behavior that she has practiced for so long that, you know, it just becomes natural. So basically, um, we was uh, we were getting ready to leave that birthday party that I was at and, um, I was talking to my uncle, my, 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 uncle, he, he just be chopping it up. Like he, he would talk me to death. Cause partly because like, he can't have these conversations with many other people. So when he sees me, it's like, yo, it's like, it's like, he got to go full force as far as like business and all these different things and, you know, different stuff that he's trying to do. Right. So the whole party, not the whole party, but like when we were getting ready to leave the party, he was just chopping it up and chopping it up. And my mom also was talking to like the girl that he brought to the party And for me, I was like, I'm, I can dip anytime, but like, I'm waiting on y'all to, to leave. So my mom, she was acting like she was waiting on me, but in reality she was having a whole other conversation with the girl. (laughs) And I was like, mom, like if you leave, then I did. Like I can get out of this conversation. I don't have a problem with getting out of the conversation. Yeah. Um, like I'm comfortable saying, like, "Hey, man, I got, I got to go." Got to go. People are waiting in the car. But she was like, "No, no. I, I seen you over there talking. I was trying to save you. I, we were talking about, and I was like, Mom, that's I get it. <laughs> that, that that's fully that's understandable. But yeah. in reality, you yeah. are justifying why." or you were making up a scenario as to why you didn't actually leave that had nothing to do with me. You were having a whole separate conversation that had nothing to do with me. And she was like, "No." And then I was like, "Mom, I get, I get it. I get it." Like, but in reality this mm-hmm. is what really happened. But that's the the type of stuff that we like to hold on as people like, you know. If if I probably if I never said that and we can, and I could only tell her that obviously because I got skin in the game, like 29 mm. years of skin in the game. And we mm-hmm. have a we have a database of like, you know, emotional connection and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, as far as that goes, like that's the normal person. Like we like to yeah. do things and then uh, say certain things. And we and even though it may be wrong, but we've been doing it for so long. You normalize
0: it and you try to just hold on to that. It, here's a perfect example of that. <clears throat> Whenever you hear somebody saying like, oh, my God, like my ex is so annoying. Like, he, you know, he just he just keeps doing this or keep doing that. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. And you think to yourself, when I hear that, mm-hmm. this is for anybody that says that, whether you're a man or a woman, and you say something about your ex and about how they're so annoying. You know why they shouldn't be annoying? Because you shouldn't be talking to him. You should have burnt that fucking bridge already. <laughs> yeah. That tells me you are still involved with your ex. You are still allowing that energy to allow you to have an emotion yeah. you shouldn't even they don't even deserve an emotion from they you don't deserve it that's how I know when someone's mature or not because you're saying oh my ex is doing this you are allowing it your ex is so toxic yeah you are not only are you allowing it mm-hmm. but you are inviting it mm-hmm. and you got the nerdest bro you like you you stupid I'm sorry yeah. Yeah. you are straight up stupid because you have not burned that bridge. The the highest level of maturity is uh, is not allowing access to you. Mm-hmm. Like if you said, you know what, this is bad. I'm blocking that account. Yeah, I'm changing my number or I'm blocking that number. Mm-hmm. I'm moving to a different part of town or a new city. I don't want this person to know where I live. Mm-hmm. I got this going on. Like now with me, I don't have nothing against... Anybody that I've talked to, I keep it cordial, I keep respectful, but if it ended on a bad note, well, first of all, if you break up with anybody, that's on a bad note. Mm -hmm. Some people say, we didn't break up on a bad terms. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Because you broke up. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is why I don't believe people being friends with their ex. You need to cut it off. That's such a trash. It's just a trash. Like, that's a, a, I don't call it a liberal way of thinking, but it's just like very liberal. Yeah, it's trash. yeah, Yeah. Like I'm really good friends with my ex. We have a lot of time, and he's a really good friend. You know,
1: you know. This is. A, I don't want you to forget mm-hmm. this conversation, but Jason Momoa and uh, Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. are like friends now. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is married to uh, what's the light skinned girl from a different world, or she was on the, the Cosby Show. Oh, uh, what's the name? Her Zoe Kravitz mom. I forget her name. It's not Lisa Bonet. Is
0: it? I think it's Lisa Bonet. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, but she's married to Jason Momoa, and they posted a picture, and they were like, "Yo, we're buddy buddy." And I was. It was just kind of like it was very
0: weird. Yeah, I'm good on that. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not one of those. I'm not uh, insecure or whatever. Some people will say, if you say that you can't be friends with your with your ex, you're just insecure. No, I'm not insecure. I just know how humans how humans operate. <laughs> I know that that guy used to fuck you doggy style. And That's now wild. And He used yeah. to fuck the shit out of you And now Y'all just friends And I'm supposed to be okay with it Do you think I'm stupid? That don't even That don't work No You yeah, need to you need to burn that bridge By the way You can wish someone well You can hope the best for them And all those things But you need to burn That bridge But, but also Not to cut mm-hmm. you off But with that point It works
1: best When you're not the person That is uh, Communicating with the ex Right. So for Lisa Benet, it's just, it's just her two ex husbands or two dudes she used to talk to. But if it was on the other hand with Jason Momoa and somehow like his ex girlfriend or his ex wife was coming around, I don't know if she would be able to actually handle that type of energy. But when you're on the opposite end, it sounds good. You know, everybody's all chummy, chummy, and whatnot. Yep, I was right. It's Lisa Bonet.
0: She's uh, Jason Momoa's. I didn't even know they was married to us. You know, she's picture. 53. Yeah, she, look, she still look good, huh? Yeah, she look pretty good. Yeah. How old is Jason
1: Momoa? He got to be, I would say late 30s, early 40s. Man.
0: How old is he? 42. 42, yeah. Crazy. That's so random.
1: I literally didn't know that they was even in a relationship.
0: I don't be giving a fuck about shit
1: like that. Yeah, but it was just it was just strange when I seen the picture cuz I always connected her to Lenny Kravitz, but I didn't um, I had no idea of them like being, but yeah. He always looked like his
0: hair is dirty. <laughs> well, you don't take showers? Jason Momoa looked like a buff homeless dude. he <laughs> looked like he'd be surfing all day long. Yeah, he like a buff homeless dude with, with tribal tattoos. Yeah, a beach bum. Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. <laughs> 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 yeah. If you don't get this bump homeless motherfucker away from me, I'm calling the cops.
1: <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, man. But yeah, there's that. Uh I think I think that remember we were talking about um I couldn't find it. I was looking for it when you were talking. Um I couldn't find the actual story. But we were talking about that uh comparable um story to burning the bridge as far as like um there was so the things that I seen on here because basically it's a story about there was these uh, two countries or these two places they were at war. Oh, and they pulled yes, up, yeah, they pulled up to the beach on ships and stuff like that. And basically, the commander of the um, of the the army or the the soldiers or whatever was like, "Yo, the, we need a point of no return. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna burn these ships down, and either we gonna conquer them because um, we don't necessarily want or need a plan B." We're going to either come in here and we're going to win this war or we're not going to retreat, basically. So he burns the ships down and
0: you found it. Yeah, I found a reference. It says, have you ever heard the expression burn the boats? It comes from 1519 during the Spanish conquest of Mexico when Hernan Cortez, the Spanish commander, uh, scuttled his ships so that the men would have to conquer or die. Basically, he created a point of no return for himself and his men. Yeah,
1: but I said that it's it's like four or five different wars on here that have the same thing. Oh, really? So that's why I was saying I didn't know which one because it's another one that happened on the um, the I is Iberian Peninsula okay. with, uh, in seventeen eleven uh, A.D. So it's like four. It's like probably like five different stories of the same,
0: the same, the same kind of thing. Okay. So basically, the thing is this: it, with with all of them, because it was more than one. Mm-hmm. That burned the ships. Basically, by burning the ships, they had no option to retreat. Yeah. Right? B- going backward was was not uh was not a thing. Mm-hmm. And there's another analogy that's even that's just as good. Oh mm-hmm. uh, man, I wish I could find it. Well, basically, Michael Jordan, I forgot which finals it was, but instead of packing for two days, Michael Jordan packed for one. Mm-hmm. Because he said we putting these motherfuckers out this next game. We not we not playing another game. So he only packed one one suit. suit. Yeah, he bought he packed one suit Mm -hmm. because he knew we're gonna. Not only was it confidence because you do have to have the confidence to move forward, but they was like I'm not I'm not relying on a second suit.
1: Mm -hmm. Like this is it. Yeah,
0: and we need to be intentional with our decisions the same way we need to burn those bridges. Yeah. You gotta just deny access to motherfuckers. Yeah, super important. You gotta man. deny access. You have to make decisions going forward with intention. Mm-hmm. And you have to have integrity to do this. When people don't, when people, I just pay it like now, I've gotten to a certain consciousness. I'm not making it like I'm just this super. Enlightened person, but I've gotten to a certain consciousness where I could just listen to people talk and be like, "Okay, yeah, they ain't about this." Oh, okay, yeah, they do. Yeah, you could hear it. Just let them talk. Hear
1: it in their tone. Just let them talk.
0: Yeah, you could
1: hear it for sure. But yeah, I think that's that that analogy. I think more people need to apply that to their life because it would be people people doubling back to their they ex husbands and people doubling back to ex girlfriends and boyfriends, and it's like, man, honestly, if y'all. Obviously, you know people can work things out, and people can learn and change, and you know get some relationship therapy and stuff like that. But for the most part, people are who they are, mm. and the only thing that's going to change um, is their desire to have you around. It's it's more in those cases, it's more like you don't miss something until you're gone versus really like I'm really changing the the way I communicate. I'm really changing how I'm approaching this relationship. So. Here it is.
0: Because I love, I love backing up the things that me or Keith say, and we like to back it up with facts. Michael Jordan told the team he was only packing one suit after losing Game 5 in the 1993 NBA Finals. Michael Jordan, after losing Game 5 in the, in the 1993 NBA Finals with the series shifting back to Phoenix, told the team he was only packing one suit for the trip. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to entertain the option of playing them a second game. Yeah. That's what we got to do, man. Yeah. It, it, you have to. This is like a higher level of thinking. Yeah. And unless you're doing this, don't you dare. Don't complain to people about your ex. Don't complain about people about, you know, going back to a job, you know, after you left it and saying, oh, they ain't changed. Like, what did you expect? I'm not doubling back to. Nothing. I'm not doubling back to shit. You got to be fucked up. Yeah. Once you once you've experienced me in any capacity and it's yeah. over. Sayonara. Bye. Yeah. Yeah it ain't happening again Yeah (laughs) That's real Yeah but there's that man Um, Switching gears Um, The metaverse Um, And we'll we'll get into metaverse and NFTs And this is a conversation that a lot of people will have no idea what the fuck we're talking about Mm -hmm. So I think it's important you know that I have some articles here to kind of explain what's Mm -hmm. going on All right this is what the metaverse is. All right. Um, let's go here. Um, all right. In the Facebook earn, in the Facebook earnings call last week, Mark Zuckerberg outlined the future of his company. The vision he put forth wasn't based on advertising, which provides the bulk of the Facebook's current profits, or in the increase of the over, over overall size of the social network, which already has nearly three billion monthly active users. Instead, Zuckerberg said. His goal is to, his goal is for Facebook to help build the metaverse, mm-hmm. a Silicon Valley buzzword that has become an obsession for anyone trying to predict and thus profit from the next decade of technology. I expect, I expect people will transition from seeing us primarily on a social media company to seeing us as a metaverse company, Zuckerberg said. It was a remarkable pivot in messaging for the social media giant, especially given the fact that the exact meaning of the metaverse and what it portend, what it portend, portends for digital life uh, is far from clear. In the earnings called Zuckerberg offered his own definition. The metaverse is a virtual environment where you can be present with the with people in a in digital spaces. He said it's an embodied internet. That you're inside of rather than just looking at it. We believe that this is going to be the successor of the mobile Internet. And I have a huge problem with this. I have a huge problem with this idea of the metaverse because we still haven't conquered the current Internet. Mm -hmm. You know how many people have like social media related and like anxiety or mental health issues regard in regards to social media you know how many people go get cosmetic surgery due to people they see on social media like we still have not like social media should come with a warning label like cigarettes but it doesn't and we literally have the nerve to try to innovate something new and we fucking haven't conquered this yet i see a problem with it and if you're supposed to be in the metaverse here's the biggest problem with it me and Keith are speaking. We live in reality. What you're seeing on TV, you know, what you're seeing on YouTube is just two guys talking out in the real world. But the metaverse is, is a whole nother world inside of the Internet. And you're going to you're going to have people like literally trying to live in the metaverse more than reality. That is a scary, scary thing. Mm hmm. You know where you can be a whole different person inside the metaverse. Out in the real world, you're probably a nobody. People probably hate you, but you go in the metaverse and you're the funniest, coolest person. This could create behavioral problems. I don't think when they when they have the fo- I don't think that they have the foresight to see where this shit's gonna like what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they care. They've already had the example of the current internet, and they looked at all the things that have happened to people. And now they want to create this, but I don't. I think that they're more focused on the innovation of this thing rather than like, like what can happen or the ramifications of you know you creating something this powerful. Yeah, I, th- I think that um, if you, t-
1: I feel two ways about it. I, I feel like me personally, I, I tend to lean on my personal perspective about something versus trying to worry about every user in a space so for me personally I know that I don't allow the internet or social media to use me so I know that you know when the metaverse happens or whatever I'm going to be you know um, at the forefront of something like innovative, and I'm going to be able to use it to maybe do a, a virtual podcast, or um, you know, be able to you know, kind of create a space, or you know, just use it as a way to create new technology or a way of interacting with people and try to monetize it. Um, but I, I, I think that one thing that we've we've realized and we've seen from the that. That documentary, the social dilemma. Right. Um. They're always guys like Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if they. Um. I'm sure they're mindful of the the ramifications and the harm harmful nature of social media. Right. But they're always going to lean on the positive side of. Oh yeah. These these social uh, networks, like when he sat before Congress and all them, and he was explaining to them about um, you know, Har uh like. Har- harboring people's data and information and stuff like that. Like he, he led the entire thing with like the positive aspects of mm-hmm. social media. Like, yeah, I just, I just think it's like, it's amazing. There was a story that somebody reached out to me and they told me that they, um, just, you know, got in touch with their long lost brother that they didn't even know was alive until maybe a few months ago. And now they're in full contact and now they have a loving family and they, the kids get to meet each other. All these all these kind of things, um, you know, that, 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 these social network creators say, um, I think the, obviously the, the, there's a dilemma in part, they are these social media people or creators, they are complicit in some of the stuff that, um, makes social media so damaging as far as like screen time. And like I on Instagram get an alert when somebody posts, um, something on their on their timeline like I don't I'm not signed up to know when like Eddie posts something on the timeline but for whatever reason I turn my notifications off. I turn mine off too, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. If they want to send you a notification, they'll send you a notification, That's true. but not, not overall. Like if you turn them all off or pause them all, then, you know, you won't get them. But sometimes like I'll turn my notifications off for certain things and I'll still get a notification. Mm-hmm.
0: You will to get this notification. Yeah.
1: And it especially happens when you're, you're not very active on, on Instagram or whatever social media. Yes. Like, they will on, send you
0: one. Snapchat yeah. does it to me. Exactly. So
1: um, that's like the, the nature of these social media. So they are complicit and they are understanding that they are just trying to get people yes um, on their platforms and peop- to people to just keep their phones on. That's the name of the game, right? Um, so that's the way that they operate. Um, but I'm a glass half full kind of person, so I don't necessarily look at it as like some sort of negative thing. I do think that it's it's a huge issue with like the people using it. Like we don't, the people yes. that are using it, they're not built for, I mean, we the, the entirety of this podcast is about like the flaws that we have as human beings. So these are the same, the same people that have these, uh, the mental illness or the sociopath people that we speak about prior or at the top of this podcast are the same people that are using social media yes. or that are going to be in these, these metaverses yep. or whatever. And um, we are not we're not really advanced enough as a people to really navigate this space or we're not even aware there are people that I know that are like man I'm, I'm so tired of Instagram or I'm so tired of uh, Facebook or whatever but they be on there all the time. It's like that we don't even as a people we don't even have the um, the self-awareness or discipline to to delete these apps like the people people that know that app is detrimental to them are still actively doing it? it's almost like an alcoholic knowing that they're alcoholic but they're just still knocking back beers every time they get a chance you
0: just took that analogy but here's the thing what i was going to say is how many people drink alcohol and they could literally go out responsibly and have a few drinks and they have a designated driver and Mm -hmm. and you know things like that but how many people do you know that drink that get shit face drunk and throw up and they have (laughs) behavioral problems it's a ton of people like that I compare social media to alcoholism, for sure. Yeah, because there are people that have these, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a like addictive behaviors. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what it is. There's some people that could be that get addicted to gambling or whatever. It's it's just inside them. It's just inside them mm-hmm. already, and I feel like it's inside of them. And social media brings it out even more. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: they know they, they know based off of your search history what you like. Right. So if you're a person that if you see somebody drinking or out partying, in the, like you scrolling through the, you could you could have no desire for like entertaining other women, or no desire for mm-hmm. entertaining like just some like people getting ran over by a car, whatever you know, whatever mm-hmm. type of nonsense that. Pops up on like hot new hip hop or whatever, right. but as soon as you see somebody partying, you kind of looking at the video for like you know 30, 40 seconds. You're like, dang, they look like they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. So they gonna start curating, sending you Corona ads yeah. and Modelo ads and all yep. this kind of stuff. And the next thing you know, it's just like you in the bar. It, drinking.
0: I think that it also there's no there's no correlating um, there's no correlating evidence or research, but uh, I think there is. But I think that it also Things like marriages have mm-hmm. gotten worse based on That's the right. fact that you, you can be married, you can love your wife or she can love her husband, but then boop, boop, you just got a friend request from an old fling in college yeah, and you accepted the friend request and then you notice that, that he or she is looking really good, they're single, uh, they're in town. And in they inbox you How have everything sure. been So yeah. now you're doing things That are Now you uh, got a dilemma Now you got a dilemma mm-hmm. Because you got somebody With a history And social media Is like And a, it's
1: not to, Sorry to yeah. keep, keep cutting you off But it's like That 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 show That you were talking about Maybe that girl That The old fling From college Had the craziest head And your wife's head Is just eh. mm-hmm. Yeah
0: Yeah That show is called Sex Life on mm-hmm. Netflix so it's it what it does is it throws this curveball that was not that did not exist before social media yeah if you were a faithful person and you loved your wife or your husband back in the day you had like so much less temptation because you literally were you know with your mate most times Mm -hmm. and when you were away from them you had like little fragments of of uh you know temptation Maybe you, here, you, you Maybe seen a girl with a nice ass At the grocery store or mm-hmm. something you went back home But you bust open your phone You got You got seven You got like 20 girls you fucked in college That are your friends now Like social media is the graveyard For people you used to fuck no yeah. one's going to admit that, though. They're mm-hmm. going to say, no, nah, I didn't do that. Nope. That dude that, that just liked your post and congratulated you on your marriage used to fuck you in college. Then the dude that liked the other post, he was hooking up with you before you got with your current boyfriend. That is the reality we're dealing with with social media. We have not mastered how to navigate around the uh, temptations, behaviors, um, uh, self um What do you call it Like uh, uh, Self confidence problems Mm -hmm. Like we have We haven't found a way To navigate it Why do you think So many women Just local regular girls Get lip injections You didn't You didn't see this type of shit Before social media Mm -hmm. Not before it Like now it's like everybody getting them lip injections. they getting the lip look crazy. It's all big. And you see it all the time now. Mm -hmm. And it's because social media and culture, like music culture and social media clash came together. Now everybody want to look like these uh, reality show stars. What's that Italian chick with the big ass lips? Like the mob wives or whatever? Oh, I don't know her name. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just see this shit. Everybody is starting to look like T.I.'s wife. Mhm. Tiny. You think that that just happened by chance it's social media. social media. The reason why I'm tying this in is this whole metaverse thing is going to exacerbate the problem. But yeah, you
1: mentioned also like or I I think it was in the video that I watched about how um people can live, like, these double lives. Like, yes. we, we, we know there's, like, this this uh, kind of stereotype about gamers and computer nerds and stuff anyways where they're just sitting in a basement eating chips all day. They're mm-hmm. probably fat, overweight, wear glasses and stuff like that. But, you know, on the game or on, with the, uh, on, you know, 2K or whatever, they're so dominant. There's, you know, the top, you know, 5% or top 1% right. of players in the world or whatever. And what happens is those same people... It's kind of like this—the uh, movie Ready Player One. But yeah. those same people, like in the real world, they may be like low self-esteem, not really. They may be, uh, have body dysmorphia and all this kind of stuff. But online, their character is all souped up, and muscles. Yeah, and got all the latest gear and all the latest skin from yep. uh, Fortnite and stuff like that. So it's creating this despair, and it's almost creating this—it's uh, like makeup for like gamers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they can—they can. They can they can get bullied at school they'll walk straight to that basement and they the Mm -hmm. best player in the world Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's creating this real fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) fuck you
0: (laughs) (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) Millhouse.
1: but yeah it's just creating this real world where it's like we don't like you said we don't know the ramifications of uh, of some of this stuff it's it's fresh to us a lot of this stuff like you know it hasn't been enough research when when they're developing these things they I don't I don't think they they're developing them so fast that there's not really enough time to really look and see like what is the end result of us spending so much time on you know on our cell phones we don't like we won't know this stuff until like 20 30 years from now mm-hmm. to where you know maybe when we pass away and they're doing surgery on our brains or not surgery but they're you know uh, studying and analyzing our brain and we're it's a part in the back that's like mushy or something or it's a part in the back that's kind of hardened because you know that's like the the response to looking at your screen for so long so yeah, yeah.
0: They're, they're, they're gonna come out with devices that are like goggles or something you just throw them on like they already have the oculus stuff but i'm talking about something that's like way smaller mm-hmm. like almost just more like sleek more sleek you just throw them on and then you turn your phone on the internet and then now you're in it yeah now you're like really having like conversations yeah i just think it's gonna be crazy it's man. gonna be crazy man it's mm-hmm. gonna be too much
1: i i think like you know I, I, that's just obviously a conversation but i think it's important for us as people that want to be progressive and we want to actually you know um, it's loud and all the fuck <laughs> <was> that, <laughs> but you know, we want to be uh progressive, we want to start businesses and do all these different things. I think it's important for us to be mindful of how we can uh utilize these different things, and like I said before, like understanding how to use these things and not let them use us. So, you know, if you're yeah. uh, you know, the there's this guy named um, his name is ill mind, excuse me, and he has a um. He's super innovative as far as like the stuff that he's doing. And he did an interview with uh, this dude named T-Minus. T-Minus is a producer. He, he produced uh, Middle Child for J. Cole. Um, and they had a whole interview. Like it was like a virtual interview and it was weird. Like they are literally like, it's like from the waist up and they can move around the space and, you know, they can talk to each other. And their little things look exactly like them. And that's like part of this whole conversation the whole metaverse the whole virtual world that people are creating so um i just think like guys like that guys like ill Mind, he's he's using these platforms he's not letting these platforms use him so i think like i said for for people that are out there like you 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 want to be an entertainer comedian a rapper a, a filmmaker or whatever i think it's just important to be mindful about what's what's coming out and, you know, what's, uh, what is, um, the new things popping. Like after Eddie and I had that conversation, I was texting my girl's dad and I had sent him cause he's like a huge, uh, like stock guy. And, um, I seen an article when I was looking up the stuff and it was like the five stocks that are like in, like basically like, um, uh, I guess in cahoots are trying to be on the cutting edge of the metaverse. So it's always like stocks like Microsoft, Facebook, and a bunch of other stuff. So I had sent it to him and I was, but he's like the same kind of person. Like, yo, what's, what's new? What's like, what's the freshest stocks out there? What are, what are people doing? What are the kids talking about? What are the 18 year old people? What kind of technology are they using? So it's just important to be like, you know, on top of
0: everything, hundred percent. And a, a conversation that kind of blends with this is NFTs. Mm-hmm. And I, you guys may have heard the conversation around NFTs, and you just kind of ignored it or didn't know what the fuck it meant, like it meant. And it's that new where people are still figuring it out. So, mm-hmm. what is an NFT? What does NFT stand for? Non fungible token. Uh, that doesn't make it any clear. Not uh, at all. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it right? Sorry. Non fungible more or less means it is unique and can't be replaced with something else. For example, a bitcoin is fungible. Trade one for another bitcoin and you'll have exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. A one of one a, one a one of a kind trading card, however, is not fungible. Right? If you traded it for a different card, you'd have something completely different. You gave up a Squirtle and got a 909 T206 Honus Wagner, which Stadium Talk calls a Mona Lisa of baseball cards. Right, so here's the thing, and let's go to how NFTs work. That's another one. Um, at a very high level, most NFTs are part of uh, the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dogecoin, but its, block, but its blockchain also supports the NFTs, which store extra information that makes them work differently from, say, the an ETH coin, which is worth nothing. That other blockchains can implement. Uh, Their own versions of NFTs. Hmm. Let me let me try to like I won't say dumb it down, but I'm still wrapping my mind around what an NFT is. NFT basically can be anything that is a one of one. Uh, The NBA had a clip of LeBron James, and each time that you create these NFTs or these these form these, it's basically content. Mm -hmm. It's content. So there's a code created with the content that creates this clip or thing. And it is a one of one. LeBron James clip of him dunking just sold for two hundred and like eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? Um, there's also this like uh, this GIF. This GIF is sold for like how much was it? I don't know. It was a lot. It's like a, like like six six hundred thousand or something like mm-hmm. that. And then there was um uh the what's the 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 the, the owner of Twitter or the creator of Jack Twitter Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey's first tweet sold for like two point nine million dollars. And this is for the NFT. And people are like, what the fuck is NFT? What is this? What does it mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It's basically, it's, how did they put it? They basically, they, they talked about the blockchain. It's basically approved uh, transactions between people. Mm-hmm. So if you sell an NFT to somebody, uh, I forgot what the price is, how they, how they exchange the price for that.
1: I think, I think the biggest benefit that you're speaking to is mm-hmm. the uh, authenticity. Exactly. So there's an authenticity that's like encoded in whatever content that right. you have. So there's no way of like recreating that LeBron James right. thing so you know for a fact it's a one-on-one. It's a one-on-one, it's, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's almost like Decreasing all like sometimes you go to the pawn shop and you'll see a baseball card in there. You'd be like, "Ah, I don't know if this is legit, or you know, you'll see like some, uh, you know, just something in the pawn shop where you'd be like, ah, this this might be a fake or a replica. Like that eliminates all of that, and you know, like everything as far as like the purchasing
0: process is going to be legit. Yeah, I think that in regards to NFTs, it's 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 like an attempt to um, replace. Uh, currency like physical currency Mm -hmm. because it's a very antiquated way of actually doing things especially um coming from the pandemic Mm -hmm. and you know money is very dirty money has a lot of germs and different things all over it yeah like when you go to a strip club and you got girls snatching up money with their ass cheeks and now that same money could be in a toddler's hand the next day yeah so you got pussy juice all over a fucking ten dollar bill yeah, that's a fact. I know it sounds nasty, but we've probably all touched different pussy juice and didn't even realize it. Yeah, it's kind of sad, man. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this would eliminate hand-to-hand currency as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the idea of NFT, is not as foreign as we think. We, we, it's hard for us to get our minds around. Like, why do these random things have so much value? A lot of it is because we give it value, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, the original NFT was land. Who was the first motherfucker to say, hey, this is my land, and I'm going to charge you this much per acre? Mm-hmm. We don't own anything. Mm-hmm. Like, as human beings, we don't own anything on this earth, yet we give it value. Yeah. And this is no different. Owning land was the original NFT. Do you know, and this is kind
1: of a, going back to the whole uh, metaverse thing, there's a company out there that has that's selling virtual real estate. Right. Yeah, so basically (laughs) they have all the addresses that are currently in America, but they are selling that same property Mm -hmm. in a virtual space. In a
0: virtual space. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. This is how you create wealth. You create massive wealth by imagination, just creating nothing. There was an art piece that got sold, and it was nothing. It was not an art piece. (laughs) It was not an art piece at all, and he sold it for how much money? Do you remember?
1: It was like five figures, I think.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is like And it's crazy But the way we are Psychologically We We give things value mm-hmm. They don't you, It doesn't like Pop up with value Like we give mm-hmm. it value uh, Yeah So and then We we look at it like Oh why would I pay That much for that Like for example And it's probably Not the best example But Jordans If Bob down the street Came out with a shoe And said I'm charging the same As these Jordans You'd be like Man get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. I ain't buying that shit For 250 dollars who do you think you are? Michael Jordan? hmm <laughs> Yeah. Michael Jordan being one of the best players to ever play the game, gave him value, and we gave him that value.
1: Yeah, watching his game, games, watching
0: his, buying his jersey. Right. So since we gave him that value, we're willing to pay $300, $400 for a pair of Jordans yeah. for a more specific pair. That's, and we're looking for the most rare pair that costs $20,000. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But yeah. this is this is how we operate. And I think that it's important to get on this type of shit early. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am I feel like I'm late to the party, even though I'm somewhat early.
1: I, yeah, I, it's the only way you're going to be super, super early is if you got you. You probably live in Silicon Valley and you like a guy like Chameleon Air, mm-hmm. He probably knew about NFTs. Two years a year and a half ago and you know this is like everybody's just kind of catching up like, you just got to be in the know and you gotta you know you got to know people that are like moving out here in that space but like it, it, as much as like it would be great to be like super early on these things like it's still so fresh right now that you know people like Eminem just uh, went in with Sony to start a, uh, a nft company or something like that so it's a it's a it's a gold rush right now it's a gold rushing in in general and social media i think ever since like myspace really cracked off i think it's been this gold rush for you know starting apps and technology and, and and stuff like that and everybody's been like just trying to race to create the new or the the fix a problem that has been going on but i think that um just overall like you ain't gonna be the first one there but you could still even like in podcasting like we didn't start pod like we wasn't Joe Rogan, like 10, 10 years ago or whatever, yeah, like that. I think but his we podcast started is
0: eleven years old now.
1: Yeah, we started a few years back, and we're still in a pretty decent, like, a pretty decent time and era. True. So that's why I was saying, like, it's just important for us to keep our eyes out on just different things and keep our ear to the to the news and the streets to see, like, what are people doing? Like, what are the young guys? What are the right. kids really? Because uh, that that when you when I was looking at that virtual property, I was like, that's I don't care about. Like, that doesn't... I don't know. Like, currently, in 2021, I don't currently care about virtual property. That doesn't mean anything. Like, you can't actually live in there. Right. But I was thinking, uh, as an investment, like, the guy was selling some property or apartment complex for, like, $4,000 or something like that. It's like, you spend $4,000 now, but when it really gets popular and you just keep holding on to that, somebody that's just a real computer kind of person has spent $100,000, mm-hmm. and you just... You just cashed out. So I was like, man, I might need to get some virtual property um, mm-hmm. and just hold on to it and see yeah, what happens.
0: You don't know what this virtual real estate could be. You could code it in a certain way where it already comes pre-equipped with certain software or certain, certain things that you know that, that allows your content to look a certain way. Who knows what it means? You never know, man. You never know what my, it means.
1: My, uh, my girl's grandpa had bought some land off of like cottonwood out there and I I don't know how much it is but he bought it for like $10,000 and um, just a few weeks ago they offered him like six figures to purchase it from (laughs) so that's the like with the virtual real estate I'm thinking the same thing like okay you spend a thousand who knows what it would be in 20 years
0: this is the thing man like like once again we don't Things don't come with like value. We give it value. Yeah. Like the idea of someone owning land just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. when you think about it. Like, why do you? Why should you own anything? Why? Why should you own land? Mm-hmm. What? What made you feel entitled to own land? Mm-hmm. It just took the. It took crazy people move the world forward.
1: Yeah, you think about. I was just thinking about. We were talking the other day. I was thinking about the Louisiana Purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically bought up the whole southern middle part of America in that in that one big uh, purchase, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Damn, that's just wild that you could literally buy like miles and miles and miles of states and
0: stuff like that." Like, damn, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's it's nuts. Like, it's it, it's nuts. But it's just the it's just the the prequel to NFTs. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact concept. Yeah, is that like? But here is the thing, though, with NFTs. It may be important to buy, like, digital real estate because it can turn into something. Like, for example, if you buy X amount of acres of land and then Walmart hits you up, like, hey, we want to build a facility there. We want to pay you this much. And you'll be like, no, give me a call back when you could do better. And Walmart is
1: so calculated with the way they move Mm -hmm. that they probably just go come back with a better price maybe or try to negotiate something in in a way to where they'll get that land because i I seen a little video where they were driving around the country and looking at different spaces and looking at demographics and all this kind of stuff and all that stuff is factored in so if they actually choose a space like that like they know and they're also they're obviously going to come in low but
0: Mm -hmm. that's what
1: negotiations are for
0: so 100 percent. not to mention like there's certain businesses that um, are very uh, very selective and they've done their research. There's certain businesses that you will never see in a bad neighborhood. You will never see a Chili's in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Think about it. What's the last time you ever seen the restaurant Chili's in the ghetto? Never. Never. Yeah. And it's on purpose. I was talking to a guy that he worked. He had a degree. I forgot in what, but he was just telling us like, yeah, you'd never see places like Chili's or you know like that's why when you're in mid city bakersfield or east side there's certain establishments that don't exist out like in south bakersfield or like in rosedale like those places um do not ever go to that side of town yeah and there's there's uh there's uh what do you call it there's there's intention behind that yeah it's yeah
1: it's just, it's like segregation almost
0: yeah it is you <laughs> start when you, the further you start going down here's the here's what's funny you know how Brundage turns into Stockdale right mm-hmm. this is what I want everybody to do I want you to go to Brundage at its furthest point on the east side and I want you to drive just all drive the way all just, the just way keep through. driving go all the way down Brundage and then come well if you if you start on the east side of town just drive down Brundage until it turns into Stockdale and watch how everything changes yeah, it's the perfect street to drive. It's in. the perfect street in Bakersfield to drive down and just follow it all the way down. You start seeing California Pizza Kitchen. You start seeing Cal State Bakersfield. You start seeing um, 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 PF Chains. You start seeing mm-hmm. um, all the, then you start seeing Riverwalk. If you keep going now down, so you, see,
1: you might only see like one. I think you only see one school, but you might see some, you might see like elementary schools and stuff like
0: that on right. the way. You see zero liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Zero liquor stores. When you start on the east side, you see a million of them. Mm-hmm. And you just keep <clears> looking, you keep seeing them, you keep seeing them, you keep seeing them. And the first, you just notice that the infrastructure and everything else is just better. You just start cleaning up. Start cleaning up, it's better. You gonna It's gonna be bumpy way out here, like, and then you're
1: gonna hit Stockdale and it's gonna be like smooth.
0: Smooth. And it shows like if people say things, um, things such as, uh, you know, uh, classism or systemic racism or whatever doesn't exist, then just do yourself a favor and go on the east side of town and drive back that way. Mm-hmm. And then you'll, <laughs> that's why, yeah, you'll that's see crazy. exactly what the fuck we talking about. Uh-huh. Or if you live on out in Rosedale, take fucking Stockdale and drive all the way down and you'll see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm yeah man yeah you're gonna get but, by the time but, you hit the east side you might here, be like here's the cop-out here's the here's the cop-out well if they just took care of their neighborhood yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. look at them roads those roads ain't got nothing to do with the people yeah they don't build the roads they don't build the roads and neither do y'all yeah those roads over there looking real paved ain't they mm-hmm. it's getting real potholey on the east side there's fucking potholes mm-hmm. everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah it kind of got off of there mm-hmm. um here, we had a very small sample size of what nfts are i hope we nfts are the metaverse i hope we did somewhat of a decent job explaining that um, yeah
1: it's it's a it's a thing uh i think we were talking about on the phone like we don't know much about it because we're not in it like 100%. the same thing for me like when i first started purchasing stocks and stuff like that i was so i was super green but i just dived into it Um, and I lost money and the whole nine and I I had no idea what I was doing but I was just so eager to just get into it but now that I'm like you know four probably like six seven years into like from my from that initial that initial purchase like I'm so much more familiar with things and you know ideas concepts theories and stuff like that so it's just going to take it to be more universal people to actually you know me to actually sell something or me to actually purchase a, a, a playing card or whatever um, through an NFT or a digital a gift or something like that. Um, but it's, it's so early. I, I would say like anybody out there and I don't want to be like give bad financial advice but if you got the mean like if you can lose some money um, without you know, if if you could spend like a few hundred dollars or something, you could lose some money without it hurting you. You just never know the possibilities or where this stuff yeah. can go in in so many years. Like that's the, the part about investing that um, we don't really realize is that, man, if we just had, if we had the means of um, just spending a few hundred dollars and just not even thinking about it and then coming back to it so many years from now, you can end up like, you know, like my girl's grandpa, and you know,
0: getting a huge offer on some land. Yeah, there's always there's always one you you always want to be ahead of the curve or trying to know as much. And there's certain things that 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 do come and they fail. Mm-hmm. Like you think of things that, um, like back in the day, they had Sega CD that came out and mm-hmm. it, it failed. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had they had a system called Jaguar. Jaguar, what's that? I don't know if you remember it. Uh-uh. It, was, it, was a, it was a game console called Jaguar. Ja- uh, uh-uh. yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Yes, it was a while ago, bro. Jaguar. Yeah, Jaguar gaming system. Here it is, Jaguar. I'll see it right here. Atari, Atari Jaguar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it says Uh, used is eight hundred and forty five dollars. Crazy. So this came out after the original Atari. Yeah, the Atari Jaguar is a home video game console developed by Atari Corporation and released in North America in ni- in 1993. Part of the uh, part of the fifth generation of video game consoles, it competed with the 16-bit Sega Genesis and Super NES, and a 32-bit 3DO Interactive Multiplayer that launched the same year. Despite its two custom 32-bit pro- uh, processors. Tom and Jerry in addition to Motorola 68000 Atari marketed its first world's first 64-bit game system. Uh yeah, I remember when this shit came out, it failed. Yeah. Another one see. that came out that failed was Dreamcast. The Sega Dreamcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Sega Dreamcast failed and this these were like like Staples. Yeah, when these things came out, they were the prequel to, you know, like the the, the, the higher graphics, such as with the PlayStation. I feel like without Dreamcast, a lot of these games wouldn't exist. I I think what happens is like,
1: um, I think the way that uh, Nintendo has been able to stay relevant is they kind of crafted their own lane and they also took their time with things. Like um, when everybody was, obviously they got the GameCube, but... Pretty much after the GameCube, they weren't creating a bunch of different systems to try to complete with Xbox and PlayStation. True. So they kind of crafted their own lane now, to where you have the Nintendo Switches and, and stuff like that, and um, they kind of like catered to more of the the, the handheld games. But um, they're still relevant. Like it's so many companies that started around that same era, and they're you know they're not even companies anymore.
0: What's what's crazy about Sega uh, Sega Dreamcast is there's like. There's, like, forms and people who still have them, and they do, like, updates. Really? They take, like, old 2K games, and they literally do updates, and, like, they sell them, or they sell, like, cards or information. They update the game, which is crazy. Yeah, well, yeah pretty- that's interesting as far as the NFT
1: stuff goes, too. Like, you yeah. know, maybe somebody could sell their old original, still in the box
0: type stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. All, basically, NFT is just a digital wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this one uh woman that she, I forgot it was on YouTube, I seen it yesterday, and they turned her into an NFT. Really, they they took her and then they, they used the, her items that she had on as like, uh, like you could like almost purchase it, it was like a digital wallet. It was really strange. Yeah, that's
1: wild. Yeah, and it, I'm excited about it though. I shit. think it's uh, mm-hmm. something I definitely
0: want to like familiarize myself with. Yeah, you want to. But I noticed that things such as stocks or NFTs or things like the metaverse, they kind of um, they kind of wear people's mental down. Like they don't really know how to comprehend it, so they give up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if things are created this way intentionally. Yeah. But but like me, I'm the type I want to know more. Yeah, exactly. But these are the people that are going to be successful, the ones that want to know more about things they have no idea about. Yeah. So when you're ahead of it and you be like, yeah, you know, back in 2021, it would be like the year 2056. You'd be like, yeah, I purchased this in NFT. Like, we could turn this podcast, we could get a clip, and it could be an NFT. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. It's one of one. It's like a little joke or something. It's yeah. like a little joke, like, yeah, yeah, they went to the store, yeah, pussy juice, ha, ha, ha,
1: mm-hmm. NFT. It's crazy you said that part about, like, people giving up on things when it gets too dense. Right. Like, I I think that, um, that's a, that's some things that you, you obviously battle with it on some, some level. Like, you know, for me, like when I was doing the whole stock stuff, I was just like, man, I just wish I knew what I was doing faster. Like I, I, and I took some time off from like doing it and I had to get my money right and stuff like that. But, um there's there's points like that where you just like man i wish i could expedite this process like i wish i could just be at point b already but that the people that stick with it and the people that um understand that that's just um like when nipsey was like man i went through every emotion you know on this journey Mm -hmm. well people that understand that 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 It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be let down and all these different things, but that ain't stopping nothing Those are the type of people that end up being successful So
0: right and just to make sure i'm not giving out any false information. I said that uh dreamcast was the prequel to all the you know, the upgrades on different uh, you know graphics or content The playstation did come out first. It's showing that it came out in 95 I mean, I remember it coming to america in 96 Mm -hmm. but The Dreamcast brought, like, better graphics. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the first gen of certain things. Uh And then the PS2 came later, but I feel like without the innovation of Dreamcast, that PlayStation would not even be where it is today. Mm -hmm. But, like, the PS5, I'm not buying that until I can see them come out with a Madden game that's worth buying. Mm. That's the only reason why I want to even Just buy to it. Buy, yeah. yeah, but they've been doing a fucked up job lately, so I don't know what's going on.
1: I'm so I I, I really want to like. You know, I, like maybe even we, if we did stay here or whatever, we could just deck this space out. Or if we get somewhere else, like I do want to obviously not have to work as much. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, like just to have the luxury, and, and you know, because the PlayStation is pretty expensive and I don't play games enough. But if I have the luxury of spending like five hundred dollars or however much it costs and having it sit for two weeks or whatever and then hop on it when I just want to play, you know, a game or something like that um, that would be dope. Like, you know, if we come in here on Sundays or whatever and we just like, Hey man, you want to play a game of 2k? You want to play a game of matter? we we'll right. just hop on the game real quick and then just be chilling. But now it's just like you, we are in a space where we're working so much and so often, excuse me, that we don't even
0: have the luxury of just like playing games, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, um, you still have to have that, that, you know, that, that, that I don't want to say child, but that playful like part a of you, youthfulness. You need to unlock mm-hmm. it. I just bought like two games and I've barely been playing them. Like when I get back, I'll probably hop on some MLB.
1: That, I think I want to do that today too. Like I have a, a Nintendo Switch. I think I'm going to just yeah. buy a game, like a yeah. Dragon Ball Z or something, and just be playing it. Because yeah. I don't have much to do like after the pod. And we mm-hmm. finished really early. I was supposed to go out of town, but. Um, oh, that's what I thought I was about to say. But CAC was leaving, so they had to leave bakersfield at like 10 oh fuck so there it just if it, unless we did the podcast at like freaking 4 a.m yeah. it wouldn't have, it wouldn't work so i was just like whatever i'm just chill the rest yeah of the day. that's okay. real man well mm-hmm. yeah i got i got nothing else keith what, you got anything else no nah, man i just appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening all the way through if you if you made it this far
0: 100 percent, man we appreciate it. especially mm-hmm. those you know when we're not goofing off and talking about wild stuff you know, the ones that stick around for the information, the informal part of the podcast.
1: That know? That's why I was so impressed about this episode. And obviously we like to joke and stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, there hasn't... Last week, a little bit, too, but this one, we wasn't really, like, there wasn't no pussy juice jokes or Bill Cosby jokes. Or we really just speaking from the heart, giving real, you know, candid conversations yeah. about yeah. subject matters. And it's st- And to me, just sitting here, I... I can tell is still interesting. One hundred percent, right, you know, right. We don't have to rely on making people laugh and right. order for them to listen to us. One hundred
0: percent. Like, I, but I think that whatever whatever bag you get into, you better be decent at it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to talk about what the metaverse or U F uh, or or NFTs mm-hmm. or you know whatever the case, just make sure you're well versed in it at least enough to where you could guide people to more information. Yeah. You don't exactly. have to be the the gatekeeper of the information mm-hmm. or be a master of it, but you need to be somewhat versed in it. Know what you're talking about mm-hmm. And actually give a shit about it mm-hmm. But yeah there's that man um, If you made it to the end of this podcast Man we appreciate you um, Oh be sure to subscribe On YouTube and like on button. SoundCloud Hit the like button yeah. And if you if you want to donate Go ahead and donate If you don't we appreciate you regardless yes, sir. The Cash App is on the left side Of the screen ATM Pod is the name of the Cash App Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah We appreciate you For listening to the podcast My name is Eddie McGee It's your boy K Fiends We are out of here
1: Peace